I love this part of the week. Uh, Carlos Alberto Diego joins us in the studio. You can too. Well, not join us in the studio, you lot, but you can give us a call, 942-911-16, anything you want to talk to the great man about. You can. Hello to you, sir. How are you, Andy? How are you going? I'm going well. Um, I don't know. There's always a number of places we can start, but let's start with one of the biggest names in Australian football, Tim Carl, who everybody's been talking about this week. Where do you want to? Where do you want to take it? Well, I, I need to love. I need to show everyone there. I love this guy. Yep. Uh, there's only one team in world football. Would you believe? After all the years I've been following and talk about on radio and all that sort of stuff, I, f- I only follow one team: the Socceroos. They're the only team that I care about, really. I mean, uh, you watch the uh, you know the A League, you watch the EPL, and you love the game and all that sort of stuff. But mm. the only team I get really nervous about and anxious about watching is the Socceroos. Timmy has given me over the over the years some of the the proudest, most exciting, exhilarating moments as a supporter of the Socceroos. Mm. So I've got to say that I was in the stadium when he scored that beautiful goal against Holland. Uh, I was actually in line with it, and he did. I watched it live. I couldn't believe. <laughs> That I saw that. So yeah. let me just preface what I'm about to say right, right with then. all that. First. So here it comes. Here it comes, okay. folks. Right. What, but, really, but. What, what really frustrates me, Andy, and it's mm. not only Tim. I mean, he's just sort of a product of what's happened before him, also in a way. When we get these players who just done so much, so proud over the years with their fantastic careers overseas, where they're watched over the, all around the world. You know, they're they're lauded as great players, and they're Australians. It makes me really proud. But when they need, they feel this need to comment on the state of the game here in Australia when they haven't been here mm. for a long time, and they've, like I said, they had a lucrative career doing what they do over there. They at best maybe get their advisors passing on what could be happening in bits and pieces here, but they certainly haven't studied mm. what's happened here on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. None of them, from my, from you know, my understanding, are club administrators or, or, uh, or, or, or game administrators. No. Uh, many of them don't go on to become that, so they don't have the aspirations to be that. Yep. But they feel the need to make comment about the state of the game. And I'm, yep. I'm referring to Timmy last week. Of course, it was a dis- uh, sort of public disagreement between him and Gallup about why Timmy's not paying, playing here. He's saying that, there's the, that the, the game has no, no vision here. No Gallup vision. Said, no vision. Yeah, no vision. You know, not, the, not his vision anyway. And, uh, and Gallup came out and saying, well, that wasn't really the conversation. The conversation was he wanted more money and we couldn't pay the money. So whether, you know, obviously someone's not saying the right thing, but I'm not actually interested in debating who was who right or wrong. Can I say one thing on that before you do move? I know David Gallup's not everybody's most favoured person in the, in the game. I reckon David Gallup's probably yep. to be believed on this one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but the point about the vision. Yep. You know, like I said, everyone is entitled, as Craig Foster came out on the weekend, that players are entitled to their opinion. Everyone is. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, we're no, there's no shortage of opinion in world football at all levels here. Okay. Uh, but the issue I have is when that opinion is just ill-informed. It's just not informed at all. And when Timmy came out and said the game or the game or the A-League has no vision, well, you know, middle of last year, uh, after years of uh, collaboration and, and taking a lot of uh, feedback and responses for up to 20,000 people involved in the game in Australia, FFA came up with the whole of football plan. Mm. This whole of football plan does incorporate the A-League and all competitions, but it also incorporates the national team, facilities, player development, participation. Um, it goes on and on and on because you can't have... We've learned from the past, you can't have it all in isolation. You can't build an A-League with all the rest of it coming yep. through. Uh, this thing is a, is a world-class document. It's the first one we've ever had. And it's a 20-year document. So we're not even 12 months into this first world-class document. Mm. We've also got a, 
a national school strategy for the first time that was released in the last six months or so. That is a five or six year plan to get into 7,000 schools around Australia. We've also got a football curriculum now that's a world-class football curriculum Mm. that was developed by world-class experts in doing this uh, six or seven years ago, and they've just been recently updated. There is a vision to the game here, Timmy. Mm. There is a vision, but unfortunately the vision doesn't suit the vision from your point of reference, the EPL, MS, ML, MLS, yep. China, uh, where they're at at the moment with their visions and, dare I say it, money. with their m- money. amount of money. money. Yep. Uh, and to accuse the sport here of not having a vision, yes, of course we may not be implementing it and we may be making mistakes along the way, but there is a vision and it's a 20-year vision. Does it, it, Carlos, it's not the first time that Tim has said something that he's not he doesn't, we don't, he doesn't need to be flattering about the A-League. He doesn't need to be an ambassador for it. He doesn't need to do anything for the A-League. It's big enough now to look after itself. But on a couple of... When he came out here for the release of the Madame Tussauds, uh, when, he was out, when he was doing the PR for that, he was also pretty critical of the A-League not being a destination port of call for you know, big-name players. And I think everyone probably understands where it's coming from. So my point is it's not the first time no. that he's felt the need on the way through to be pretty critical publicly of the domestic competition here. Does it matter that he is? Does it matter if Tim Cale is negative about the A-League? Well, if he's talking about the standard of play, if he's talking about the way it's administered, I think it is wrong for him because he's not seeing it all the time. He's not playing in it and he's not administering the game. Mm. But he's right. There are a lot of big name players who are choosing China or the MLS rather than Australia as far as marquee spots are concerned. At this point in time, with the sort of money that China's throwing around, the MLS would be worried. Yeah, yeah. The EPL, they, they outbid players by EPL clubs. Now, EPL is not short of coin. The last TV rights for the EPL was £5.136 billion pounds <laughs> over four years. That's what the EPL clubs are sharing. Yeah. Now, what are we getting a year for our TV rights? £40 million a year? Mm. We're hoping that our next one, if it goes to free-to-wear, might be double that. We might be really hoping. That's £80 million. China just signed, one of the teams in China, I think um, Evergrande, Grand Evergrande, yep. just signed uh, Texera. Xinjiao um, uh, Suning. Uh, yeah, Suning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. $75 million. That's, <laughs> that would be the, the total amount of TV rights we're hopeful for in our next deal. <laughs> right, for one player. So, you know, if you're talking about you know, it's not a place of destination. You're absolutely right. It's, yeah, it, it's not, but you, there's a really good reason why. Yep. I mean, players are choosing China over England, for heaven's sake. So, so where are we now? Just, look, you made your point really well on Tim Carroll. People might choose to disagree or agree with you. 9429 1116, if you want to take Carlos a task or agree with him on Tim Carroll's position about um, where the A-League's at and its vision going forward. I think anybody in Australia, anybody close to the A-League, I mean, you've, you've explained the manifesto that's taken years to put together and so and you've done that really well. I think anybody in Australia would realise, you know what, there's a blue here and a blue there on the way through and that's all, that's going to happen anywhere. But this thing's on fairly solid ground, it can still do with some shoring up financially on the way through, but... I think everybody thinks the A-League's headed in the right direction yeah. now. Who knows anything about the competition, don't they? And I think you've been around sport a lot, and across sports, Andy. AFL still cop it mm. from, from the average fan, from uh, people who run clubs. They're, for me, the best administered sport per capita in the world, yep. the AFL. Yep. Yep. And they still, on a weekly basis, cop criticism. Yep. So 
I think it's part and parcel of any sports ruling body around the world. I've been to Italy and they in the Italian Federation cops it. English FA cop it all the time yeah, yeah, from the yeah, from the people yeah. involved in the game. So it's just. I mean, it's just normal for the uh, uh, people who administer the game to cop it. But we have got a plan. It is we're we're twelve months into it. Okay, very late. We should have started this ages ago, but mm-hmm. we've got it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if you're going to make an opinion, yes, you're entitled to it. But if it's not informed, it's not, it doesn't matter how much you loved. You know, we'd be treating our listeners with contempt no. if we didn't actually say something. I think you've done it brilliantly. I think you've done you've enunciated it really well, and I don't think anybody who's a fair-minded, um, would would disagree with you on the position you've taken. Monash Freeway, car broken down inbound just before the Yarra Boulevard exit truck broken down, outbound near the Church Street Bridge. That's a bit happening out there, 27 minutes through. I'll ask you on the other side of the break about that knock-on effect, the amount of money that China's investing in player talent at the moment, the knock-on effect from an Australian perspective in terms of getting the next Alessandro Del Piero out here, mm. what that means to us um, going forward. It's- 23 minutes to three. Carlos Alberto Diego in the studio. There's a bunch of stuff I want to ask you about, but it's far more important that you hear from James in Pasco Vale, who's jumped on the line. You can two nine four two nine eleven sixteen to talk to the great man. Hello, James. G'day, guys. How are you? Good, Good mate. Um, yeah, I think Carlos articulated his point pretty well on on the game and the plan after the game. But I think from an A League perspective, there's, there's just a lot of questions. You know, firstly financially. Um, there's probably only four or five clubs that uh, are standing on their own feet. And I think think of those um, only victories turning in a, a small little tidy profit. Um, the other you know, five really sort of struggling from that point of view. And it's a bit of have and have not. And I, I get the feeling that's what uh, Timmy was referring to. Um, and, you know, they're even, they're even looking at uh, expanding the competition for the next two rights deal. And... Um, Really, the state of our market, we can't even look at that. We've got to look at um, you know, what we've got in getting that right first. I think you make a really good point there, James. Of course, that's what Timmy's referring to. Uh, but I think it's not so much the financial health of clubs. It's more where's the excitement in every club. For example, where is a Del Piero in every club? Or you know, Of course, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a dream, isn't it? Having the Del Piero types in every club. Because that's what MLS have. Mm. Uh, that's what China has now. So... But we're just not at that point of our development. And look, if, you, if you're starting on a 20-year journey and you don't have that funding, you've just got to you know, be excited about the Fornarolis of this world and the Barishas of this world. And, and you know, if Tim's going to wait for that MLS experience to come along, well, he'll be 50 or 60 years old mm. because it's not going to happen right now. And I wonder by the way it was portrayed, commenting on the lack of vision – uh, I mean, that could be said in different ways too, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah of course. Like Mark Viduka, my classic example. Mark Viduka came back to Australia. Everyone was clamouring for his services. They were willing to throw the kitchen sink at getting him. And all he said is, guys, I don't have the hunger mm. to play anymore. Mm. And everyone respected him and left him alone. Mm. Mark Bresciano, the same. Vinny Grella, the same. You know, there's ways of, of saying it. In an honest way, Australians will always accept that. Don't I mean exactly? The reality might be I'm not getting out of bed for, you know, a 1.2 million dollar contract. I never have, and I never will. That might be the reality. Mm. 
But you don't. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's, there's nothing to be gained by potting the league and the whole development of the game in the nation from a pers- professional perspective on the way through just to justify a position that you're taking for other reasons. Well, in terms of the text messages come through, why do we need big names like Del Piero? You know, other leagues around the world, South American leagues, don't do it. Mm. They th- they they their internal their internal leagues continue to survive. Um, why is it so important that we have this? this hunger to attract these guys. And the second part of that question is, are we ever going to be in a position to get them anymore now with the advent of what's happening in China? Yeah, look, it's important if you've got, if there's a grand plan. I thought the Del Piero experiment with Sydney failed awfully because, not be, of course, for that five seconds, people who aren't football people are wondering, who's this Del Piero guy? Let's watch him. Some great free kick mm-hmm. goals, all that sort of stuff. But if you remember... Sydney FC, when they were developing that squad, Del Piero almost fell in their lap on the eve of the season. They were actually going through a year where they were just paying hardly anything to their players. They had Ian Crook as the manager at the time. Uh, they, they actually were as a transition year. So Del Piero then fell on their lap. And basically, you're, you're providing a, a, a Ferrari or a Rolls Royce in with, a, with all due respect to the, the club at the time. They were set up. For a Volks- as a Volkswagen, right? <laughs> and so that was just never going to work. But if you had the grand plan, that would be, you know, that would be the way to go. To answer your second question about will we ever see Del Piero's uh, that ilk, any, I, th- I don't believe we ever will. No. Because Del Piero didn't have China as an option when he signed four years ago. Don't you think if they got a sniff, China got a sniff that oh, Del Piero was available, they would have gone and they would have thrown everything at him. Hmm. I don't think we'll ever see anyone of that ilk, but doesn't matter when we're filling stadiums uh, in the big rivalry games, the derbies. Yeah, which you know, well, Melbourne, I still want to talk to you about what happened in Sydney on the weekend. And you have the Fornarolis of this world, mm. you know, lighting up the game, the Barishas of this world, uh, the Broishas of this world, the young kids, the Jamie McLarens. Okay, Jamie McLarens, no Fornaroli yet, but he excites you as an Australian. Mm. So we could be a very, very, very watchable, great league with – Really astute recruiting from mm. these sort of players mm. around the world. Oh, I think we are now. Number mm. 27, Australia. Uh, Burns 11, Warner 16. Looking pretty solid at the moment, the Australian openers. Alan's on the road, uh, wants to join in the conversation. 18 minutes to three. Hi, Al. Yeah, look, I was just... Thanks, Andy. Look, I was just actually going to talk to um, the Carlos's app. I can't wish who it was. But um, just in regards to Ian Robson, as a sort of like a person who's potentially could run FFA at some point... Because I've been pretty super impressed with him as an administrator and probably less impressed with David Gallup. Yeah, well, look, uh, you know, David came from rugby, David Gallup, and he was handpicked by Lowy. So he's always going to be like Ben Buckley before him, always going to be criticised that you're not a football man, you're not a football man. What, I like Robbo. I, I really like Ian Robson. Yep. I like his energy. I like the passion, especially with the way they dealt with the uh, the flare issue just recently. I love the passion around the club. I met him once or twice. He loves talking. He loves uh, arguing. Great front He's a great yeah, front Fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and now running a club like Victory, it's, for me, it's the best template of a club in Australia. So you're learning, you know, how a, six, a successful club that hasn't reached its potential yet, but very successful club in Australia works. He knows, you know, what what's negative about clubland and what's positive about it. He would be a great choice down the track. Well, he's a better administrator now for having been mm. through what he went through at the Essendon Footy Club. I mean, the fact that he's 
an organisation like Melbourne Victory has seen enough in him to say, okay, we, we appreciate what you went through there and you've presumably mm. behind closed doors at Victory explained to them exactly what took place. A lot of people are craving for him to do that publicly. Yep. Uh, he's choosing not to and there could be any number of reasons why Ian Robson is not going on the public domain to discuss the absolute ins and outs yeah. that took place at the Essendon Footy Club. But I presume he's done that behind closed doors at Melbourne Victory. They're not giving him, an organisation like that is not giving him a job like yeah. the one they've given him unless they are perfectly clear about what took place at the Essendon Footy Club and his role within it. And I just don't believe that's yeah. going to happen. They've got, the, they've got the choice of any number of CEOs they could take. So he's going to be a better administrator now mm. for having been through what he went through at Essendon. And he's, I think most people who know what he's, know, and know yeah. him are, Always impressed by him. But know. we also know that the head of the FFA is almost a figurehead. They alone won't be no, the person that's are. going to drive this no. thing for 20 years. The whole of football plan, you know, the way they've put that together, the uh, input by every sector of football. And by the way, best practice in other parts of the world is involved with this too. Mm. That's what's going to drive it. We just need a leader. And what I want to see is a leader who absolutely stands by the game yep. and loves the game. That's what we really need. We don't need just an administrator. Uh, before we get to the break, we were talking about China. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about China, I reckon, this year, given what's happening over there. I can't wait to see what their league actually looks like. When does it start? Do you know when it actually oh, pretty soon. Pretty soon. Their, their, uh, their transfer window shuts on the 26th of February, so it must be... Must be very soon. Well, I want to talk about the China syndrome from an Australian perspective. We know that Australian players, of course, are going to be attracted by the money. Do you know whether this is already having an impact with Australia? I won't know. In fact, I know you know. Tell me what you told me <laughs> in the ad break. I've had some conversations uh, with player agents who do, do who are actually becoming the, the China specialists. Right. You know, Australian player agents, and they're getting calls pretty regularly from average Australian players who are Socceroos who are saying, get me into China. and Not necessarily Australian-based players, players who might oh, I don't could, know if, could be. No, I don't know of any Australian okay. players, but yep. certainly players, Australian players who are earning a living overseas, yep. Okay. Yep. who are on their career path, and you know, you go step-by-step, step, uh, who are saying, forget the step-by-step, get me in there if you can. Now? Yeah. As soon as you can? I think that what triggered it was a, tra- a Trent Sainsbury deal, uh, reported to be anywhere between two point four and three three million a year yeah, yeah. for a player who has potential, played a really good Asian Cup, but world class centre half, probably not yet, but can maybe one day be, and probably in five years time playing Europe would be, going to China now for that sort of money, you you wonder what may happen to so, him. So their view would be the players view would be get me in before someone else gets the gig. That's right. If, 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 I know how good I am. There's my line of reference. Yep. My point of reference is Sainsbury. I know that I'm a better player than him or I'm not far behind him. If he can get that, I can get this. But I've got to get in now before someone from Belgium or someone from South America or someone from Africa gets that gig before yep. me. And presumably, if that's happening with these Australian agents, that's happening with agents who have got players hooked in from all corners of the world who uh, are going to be seeing the same thing. The Balkans? Yeah, Hungary, Czech Republic, uh, those great technical footballers mm, mm. who are on the poverty line over there. Mm. They're all wanting to get in. They're, they're, they're even working very hard to get into a place like Malaysia now. Yep. Malaysia's paying up to 35000 US a month to decent players from overseas. Now, when I say Australian players, they're looking for the more defensive type Australian players, the, the central defenders, 
Um, yeah, you know, right. th- those sort of players that could do a real job. Yep. They can go and get players for half the price in Europe who are more technically gifted with the more of attacking yeah, of mindset. Course, so of course. Uh, it, there's a real formula these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, the sort of players that we churn out who yeah. are good at what they do. Sash is in Narry Warren quickly before we get to the break. Hi, Sash. Sasha, you there, mate? Yes. How you going, guys? Good, night, good night. mate. Yeah, I just wanted to um, give my two bosses uh, working in. I just wanted to say um, we're looking at the top of A-League rather than look at the the bottom and look at the junior stre- um, structure. Um, I don't think we don't spend enough money on coaching uh, our up-and-coming juniors and expecting everything to be nice and rosy when it comes to the A-League. Uh, Sasha, you're absolutely right, but it was interesting, uh, the news that's come out in the last 24 hours about the AIS almost being a ghost town. That used to drive... The, the our elite talent now they're with the clubs having their academies and they're all at different stages now you'll find that in the next five to ten years that the academy system will just get better and better and better and you'll have players producing their own players with the with the pathway going extending into the local clubs and so forth so yeah look we're we're learning all the time sasha mm. and we're making mistakes all the time but it doesn't mean that we're not going to get it right one day kev's in sunbury GB warm in Sunbury today, <laughs> Kev. Uh, good afternoon to you, mate. How you going, mate? Good, thank you. I'm uh, just wonder whatever happened to Lucas Neal. Great question there, Kev. Um, people are asking that question all the time. <laughs> he's just gone underground, I reckon. Uh, Is he's he in not, Australia? Well, look, no one knows. No, I've asked. I've asked a lot of people because uh, I'd like to see him come out of the wilderness and start rebuilding. He's he, he had a fantastic brand. He's no, such a gentleman. Yeah, yep. Uh, but unfortunately ended badly for him. Just some ill, you know, ill-conceived comments here yep. again about his own team, this and that. But as Bozza has shown, Australians will, will grant you redemption if you just come out and just get involved again. You know, you talk about Tim Carl not being an administrator. I don't know anything about Lucas mm. Neal, but I, I suspect Lucas Neal, if you did want to get a player who was a frontline player and a great representative of this nation, to get involved mm. with an executive of something like the FFA... He would be that sort of guy. He could pick up the phone and ring up a prime minister, yeah. Lucas Neal. Yep. He, he was at that, that level. Yeah. And I think we're in desperate need of someone who's just such an impressive character, can handle himself, and who can get into the corridors of government, into corporate, uh, and we could use that. Absolutely. Man. And no, he, no, who no, knows? No. He might be able to transfer into a into an administrator's role down the track if that interests him. Hey, the A-League's copped. There's been a lot of negative press in recent times for flares and you know, sanctions against clubs, and that's been the big talking point. And it's overshadowed, much to you know your chagrin, conversations about people like Bruno Fornaroli and all that. Saturday night, mm. oh, again, I can't remember what day it was. I think it was Saturday yeah. night, the big the, the derby up in Sydney. Again, proved, if, you, if you're a knocker and you're a doubter, Watch these games because that again proved what the A League can be. Yeah, that was a compelling. If you're Tim Cale and you're thinking, "Oh, they've got no vision," well, there's a perfect example of what can be done and what gets done on a pretty regular basis is now regular basis now in the A League. Yeah, look, I would think I don't have a fixture in front of me. We're, tra- we're talking about this off air, but I think maybe thirty to forty percent of games now with the three derbies, with the three Melbourne derbies, three Sydney derbies, the potential of those derbies also being in finals, the Melbourne Adelaide games, yep. the Melbourne Sydney games, uh, you know, even the Melbourne City Sydney games now. I mean, probably thirty, forty percent of games look like that now. Yeah, yep. And that's a hell of a great base to work off. And I mean, if you saw just the 
it was just such a great contest, but the atmosphere, even through the TV, oh, was, amazing, was fantastic mate. on Saturday night. It was amazing. Yeah. And you know, credit to the, I don't know, 45,000 or whatever it was. Mm. You shouldn't applaud or give a pat on the back to those who turn up for not mm. being imbeciles, but there were no, yeah. there was no stupidity. So credit to... Next week, amongst all the other things we're going to have to ch- chat about next week, I'm very keen to get your take on how Melbourne Victory are coping through mm. what is going to be a really taxing phase of their season. I reckon they're just at the moment. Very keen to get your observations mm. on them this time next week. I'll Thanks, see you mate. Then. Good, Good on you.